Hi, I'd like to welcome everyone to the Non-League Podcast. This is episode 48. I'm Kristen Smith here in Gainsborough, who's had a hellish drive today. And James Bartby here in uh, not sunny Bracknell for a change. It's uh, been raining all day long. And just a bit further down the M4, it's me, it's me Rob Overfield. And he's looking forward to a nice, quiet night in. <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, been a long day for me today. I think I've spent seven hours in the car, as well as uh, my normal work day. So not very chuffed uh, with life at the moment. Um, speaking of not being very chuffed, I'm also not very chuffed because I witnessed our first loss at home on Saturday, and uh, it was just one of those things that. I think Worcester hadn't won away all season and we hadn't lost at home, so you're bound to think what's going to happen. How's your week been? I uh, see Hampton are still suffering. Mm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I can I can have a quick... I didn't go to a game on Saturday, unfortunately, because of... Uh, he, he was absolutely hammering it down over this way, so it didn't seem fair to be... To be trolling baby out in the in the push chair, and uh, as a girl, she decided to sleep most of the afternoon anyway. Uh, but yeah, last Tuesday night wasn't good, was it, Rob? Uh, absolutely no. hammering at home, five-one by Leatherhead. Uh, thought we'd thought we'd managed to uh, to get rid of those those big heavy home defeats, but uh, yeah, just goes to show that there's still work for the uh, for the new manager to do. But possibly a bit of a blessing in disguise because. Um, you know, what was it, 10 points from the first four games, you know, mm. possibly papered over the cracks a little bit. And uh, last Tuesday and indeed Saturday, I think probably just goes to uh, just put everyone's feet back on the ground and just show that it's going to be more than an overnight uh, overnight job for, for Alan, for Alan Dowson. Yeah, but thankfully tomorrow night we get a break from the league. And in fact, it's the Robert Dias League Cup. Oh. Fancy name for competition that nobody really cares about. <laughs> Not quite as good as the uh, Dudeson. Uh, I know, the Dudeson's brilliant. I love that name. <laughs> you do to be in that one. Um, not masses to talk about from a news perspective uh, this week. Finally, everybody appears to have got all their managers sorted out as regards the... Uh, um, promote Not promotions, the awards for last month. Uh, so that's something we're going to go through very shortly. And I think it's time to revisit our predictions we made uh, what, some nine weeks ago at the start of the season, uh, just to uh, see how poorly we're all doing. <laughs> so shall we start down there in the Ryman, where you guys have had your Manchester of the Month, or the uh, managerial maestros, as the uh, David Waters has put it on the website. Yeah, it's a it's a good way of uh, of glamorising it a little bit, isn't it? Um, yeah, this uh, this week in the in the Ryman, we've got uh, Jay Saunders of Maidstone United, Burgess Hill Towns, Ian Chapman, and uh, Brentwood Towns management duo of Danny Dafter, uh, what a great name, and Adam Flanagan, who are the uh, the Nicholas Rowe tailoring managers of the month for the uh, for the Ryman League. No real surprise there for. Maidstone, I guess they're sitting pretty. Currently second, um, just a point behind behind Margate in the Ryman Prem. So it's not not really a, a big surprise there. Um, 
Brentwood Town have had a decent little run of form that's seen them get into fourth place currently. And Burgess Hill Town are, well, they're steaming through the Division 1 South at the moment. They're still unbeaten after 14 games, 31 goals scored and 10 points clear. So I guess, you know, that that award's uh, awarding itself at the moment. But, yeah, some uh, some good awards. I guess the Brentwood one's the, uh, the bigger achievement because it's easy to give it to a team in the top one or two. But, you know, it's nice to recognise a, a club that's just made a bit of progress in the division. Uh, Maidstone are actually two points clear of Margate now. I'm looking at an old table then. I'm looking at the one on the website as we speak. I'm looking at the one in the NLP. What's going on there then? <laughs> Don't forget Maidstone played last night, James. Did they play yesterday, did they? Okay. Yeah. Oh, it was either that or Sunday, one of the two. Um, I think they played last night, if I recall correctly. Um, I'll, t- I'll tell you while we're seeing. But it, as you say, it's always interesting. Uh, it was Sunday they played and they won 3-0 over Winchgate and Finchley. Um, yeah, it's always interesting when they don't get to the team who are the top. So as you say, in the south, Burgess Hill Town are running away with it at the moment. But we did see um, last season that VCD had a massive lead at Christmas and then really fought to uh, come up. So stranger things can happen, but as you say, they're 10 points clear at the moment, and that's pretty good. Um, with the next three clubs all sitting on 26, mm. with uh, Faversham, Whiteleaf and Sittingbourne all equal, and only goal difference separating them. Which is uh, very very tight to, f- to find out for the playoffs there. Mm. Uh, but uh, as you say, Brentwood sitting there in fourth of... Have they justified the reason for Brentford? Uh, yeah, well, it's a big... Com- I don't think Mr Watts has got his wording quite right, but it does sound like they've um, they've gone on... Uh, won every game in September in the league and an FA Cup match, um, but then unfortunately were also knocked out of the FA Cup by by Maidstone. But, um, yeah, it does seem like they've they've put together a, a heck of a winning run, which if, if they have won half a dozen games in September, that's, you know, that's... Well, that's taken them masses up the tail, and it's taken them from what nine points to to twenty seven. So it's it's a huge, huge run of form for for one one month. So you can certainly see on the back of that why why they've taken that at Brentwood. I would say that's fully deserved. Yeah, I, th- I think they really are doing well if they've had that s- such an amazing. Re- run of form over September, which is always a, a hard month after you've got the cobwebs out and then you uh, start well, going through. It's, going yeah, it's always a busy month, isn't it? There's always sort of like nine nine games, I think, usually, for if you're in the FA Cup as well. And then, of course, you could have potential replays. So I, know, I, know it, I think it's one of the busiest months, I think maybe March or, you know, once all the, once all the rearranged games get... Uh, Get get played. I think uh, I think you get busier months, but in terms of scheduled games, I think September's about the busiest one of the season. I think you're right, James. I think it is, but I do like um, the 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 actually the sponsors of of the award for the for actually what they give to the managers because um, Nicholas Rowe tailoring, as you might guess, to all kinds of you know all kinds of menswear, I assume, and um, the winners from each club get to take themselves off to the showroom that the company has and have a bespoke suit made in a choice of three colours. That's nice. 
Free suit. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's it's a novel little award, isn't it? But yeah, yeah. it's it's certainly uh, it's certainly a nice one. Give him a nice smart suit to wear in the dugout or uh, at the job interview when they eventually get back. <laughs> there's, but there's only That's one little... do. Yeah, they do eventually. But there's only one little snag in this. Um, just reading the pest, you know, you know, the press notice, but you know, there's just one problem. If you're a joint, if you're a management duo like we have here, um, it's a case of joint managers apparently have to win two awards to get one suit each. <laughs> so it's a case... So one could... Yeah. Yeah, one can have the jacket, one can have the pants. Yeah, so it's a case of Bentwood Town. They're going to have to win it again for both Danny and Adam to get a suit of their own. That's fantastic. <laughs> it's great. I mean, now that is a useful sponsorship deal to the managers. They've got, instead of, you know, getting a trophy or, you know, getting, just, you know, basically well, anything you like, to actually get something, you know, smart, a nice, smart, measured, bespoke suit for you to, you know, you know, say like if you get to a cup final for you to wear, you know. It's it's great. I like it. I just think it's great. I think it's a really good idea. Um, just looking at Brentford again, we're pro Brentwood. Um, out of their nine games, they lost one against Maidstone and they drew one against Cray, but won the others. So that's seven wins out of nine over the course of the month. So a very good month for them. You can see why they've been. And no, you know, no shame in getting knocked out of the uh, FA Cup by by Maidstone either. So. Yeah. Yeah, very, very justified, I would say. No, it definitely is. Now, I know you say about Nicholas Rowe um, sponsoring the uh, Ryman League's uh, Manager of the Month awards. Interestingly, Evo Stick... Yes, I think I'd rather, I'd rather win this one. Evo Stick aren't um, giving the Club of the Month uh, a trip to a bespoke tailor instead. <laughs> They are getting a four and a half litre bottle of Bell's whiskey, uh, an inscribed certificate for their achievements, which will be presented um, by Bostick, uh, which is the parent company of Evo Stick, uh, over the uh, forthcoming couple of fixtures. So that's an I interesting one. It is an uh, interesting one, Chris, and I can see for some managers that not lasting a month. <laughs> It's not really for managers because the way the Evo stick to it, they do it for the club. So mm. if you think you've got 15 players, 16 players in the squad, uh, four and a half litre bottle of whiskey, that's probably going to last them the, uh, a good win. It'll last them uh, about 10 minutes. <laughs> Thank you, right there. You think of the climbs of the people who've uh, who've won it this or the teams which have won it this week, uh, this month for September. We're looking at Buxton. Bamber Bridge uh, and Sutton Coalfield Town and uh, they were all named as the clubs of the month for September where I think Bamber Bridge suffered a 7-1 thrashing on the opening day, uh, home to Droylston, a rejuvenated Droylston um, but they've bounced back from that and uh, once again pushing for promotion uh, including a couple of wins in the FA Cup uh, an extra time, an extra time triumph, and a one 0 victory at Workington in last week. Uh, so they're in the uh, they're playing at the weekend in the FA Cup third round, third qualifying round. And uh, Buxton are sitting pretty, uh, not quite at the top. I don't think they've been knocked off the perch by Skelmersdale, 
which we'll we'll come back to later on. Um, but Buxton uh, are sitting third now in the Evo Premier League. Yeah, but they they won eight eight in the eight in a row in September. Yeah, that's what I mean. It was unstoppable uh, uh, as far as that was concerned. Yeah, that's fan, fantastic. This, yeah, just looking on the uh, on the Evo State website, they've scored twenty four goals and and now they conceded six. So again, a bit like Brentwood, you know, it's a it's a run of form that's really pushed them up that table, and you know they're comfortably in the in the playoff picture at the moment. They're five points clear of fourth, fifth, and sixth in the uh, in the division. So yeah, again, it's good to see. You know, it being rewarded to a team that's not necessarily top of the league again. Unless they've done unstoppable feats. Um, Sutton Coldfield are top of the Evo Stick Division 1 South. Um, but once again, I think they only had, I think, out of all their games, they lost one, uh, which was against Helzo in the FA Cup. And they drew one against Chase Town. But uh, they won every other game they played last month. Oh, and so once again, you say you're looking at eight games for them, and so another good, and that's pushed them up the table. They're only, I think, two points clear. So it's uh, it's quite tight in the first division south. So, oops, that's the wrong thing. And uh, go on, just looking at that division one south table, Loughborough Dynamo in second place have conceded twenty goals. Uh, if that's what there's only four teams in the league that have conceded more than them. <laughs> They're second. That's a that's a team to watch out for this season. There must be hat tricks in Loughborough games. Um, I don't think that's... there hasn't been yet. I don't think, but it can't be long, surely, with those sort of, those amount of goals going in. No, because they've scored twenty-seven. Uh, yeah, they've only got um. Plus seven goal difference, which so you you've got to think. But there haven't been very many hat tricks. There has been one hat trick. It was Nathan Watson, second week of the season, he grabbed a hat trick for him. But, uh, can't recall whether we actually spoke about the manager of the month for the Panorama Conference. Uh, we didn't, because I don't think they'd been announced this time last week. Because I only heard about them this week. So. I'm we definitely didn't talk about them last week. Um, they were, yeah, they were only announced in the week, I believe. That's okay. I think I'm getting confused back to last month uh, when I was having a moan because, and it looks like I'm probably going to have a moan again. <laughs> it's not good. In August, I think that's what it was. Yeah, I was having a moan that, oh, they're not going. They're going to look at it a different way, and then they gave it to the odds-on favourite manager who happened to have won everything uh, as far as that's concerned. So yes, these the September awards have been announced and well, what do you guys make of it? I think we can start merging this into our predictions really. Yeah. Bristol Rovers, Daryl Clark wins the uh, manager of the month for September as it sees the former league club um, moving back up the table after Oh, somewhat of a shaky start is probably the nicest way of putting it. But uh, they're still, what, they're in six, and so they're still seven points off Barnet. But uh, considering the start they had, a lot of people were thinking maybe they're going to come straight down. 
Yeah, I mean, this is uh, Diesel, your pick, aren't they, Rob? Bristol Rovers, you uh, you fancied them to, to book the trend and get straight back up again. Yes, I did, and I have to admit, those first few games had me you know, slightly worried. But, um, you know, ever since Daryl Clark turned it round, it's, they've looked a better side. They've looked more of a, more of a playoff chase inside now. So, no, I still think they're going to be there, or thereabouts, come April. Yeah, I mean, they've got, like you say, Chris, and they're only seven points off Barnet, and... I know Barnett are five clear of, of Halifax at the minute, but I, I can't, I honestly can't see Barnett being the team that win the division. And my own pick was Wrexham, who are just behind Bristol Rovers at the moment, uh, level on points, just behind them on goal difference. And I still think that they'll they'll catch Barnett, to be honest. And um, yeah, I'm, I mean, look, it would have been another win yesterday had it not been for a last minute equaliser from Dover. And I think Bristol Rovers were. Much a better side in that game, but couldn't couldn't put it to bed. Um, but if you just look at the crowd, you know there was more than six thousand one hundred there. I mean, you know, I know we've had the likes of Cambridge and Luton down there recently, but they're a massive, massive club for this for this level. And you know, if there ever was a club that that should be doing the bounce, you know, the bounce straight back, it it should be Bristol Rovers. To be fair, I mean, Luton were in all kinds of trouble when they came down, and most clubs are, but. I just think Bristol Rovers just got sucked into it. Um, I remember last season when they did go down, there was a stat doing the rounds of how many days the teams have spent in the bottom two of League Two, and I think Wickham were 200 and something, and Bristol Rovers were one. The only day they were in the bottom two was the final day of the season after the final game, and they went down. So it's not financial trouble that's taken them down. You know, that's not the reason they're on the on the way down. I think they were just got caught in the in that old little whirlpool of, of bad form that just sucks you under and it's so hard to get out of. But as you say, Rob, you know, Dow Clark seems to have steadied the ship and got it going the right direction. I would now expect them to to make short work of that seven point gap and and I think uh, I think they could be uh, they could be proving Rob right at the end of the season. But uh, as you say, Wrexham who were your pick are sitting on goal difference uh, below them in seven. Mm, yeah, they've had a little bit of a bad run. They they were doing quite well. Um, I was feeling quite cocky about them, but um, they're just starting to drop a little bit now. It's getting a little bit worrying. <laughs> uh, not as worrying as uh, it was for me. For my pick was to Kitty uh, to go up, and then obviously found out all the financial difficulty they're in. So I think just the priority to stay in the uh, conferences is uh, how they're working at the moment, and that's. Yeah, but- they're only yeah, they're only four points off the playoffs, so you know. They're doing well considering the troubles off the pitch. Yeah, it's it's a good it's a good squad they've built up there. But uh, just also looking I know we say the Barnet are five points clear, but you're looking at Halifax, Torquay and Woking, they're all on twenty seven. And then Gateshead are on twenty six, and then you've got uh, Bristol and Wrexham on twenty five. So the top seven, um second to seventh. You're only looking at two points between them, so it's very tight for the second spot at the moment. And yeah, it's, it's good to see, isn't it? I don't think Barnet are going to last. No. I really don't. I mean, Martin Allen seems to do a, seems to just fit Barnet, doesn't he? He does well there every time. I mean, it's, I think it's his, his third or fourth spell there now, and he's always done pretty well when he's stayed for for more than five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> when uh, when a bigger club doesn't come knocking, so. But I just think they'll they'll end up dropping in. I, I, I think they'll be in the playoffs. I just don't think they'll 
they'll hold on to that title. I think Bristol Rovers look like they're building a, a head of steam. I know they'll be disappointed with that draw against Dover, who are struggling at the other end of the table. But you know, every team has a blip, and I think I think they'll put it behind them pretty pretty swiftly and motor on up into the uh, into the promotion places. I think you're right there that they are they are going to be there. Um, a shout out to uh, Danny Wright up at Gateshead. He has uh, won the uh, Player of the Month for September for the uh, conference. Uh, he scored. He transferred up there from uh, Forest Green uh, at the end of August and has scored five goals in five games for the new club up at the Heed. Uh, so he's a worthy winner in my opinion. If he's uh, coming back with those sorts of stats, it's a good investment for Gateshead's games to get up there. Yeah, and they're fifth in the table, so you know it's you know what more can you say? Five goals, five games, and he's getting the points for them as well. And uh, we, we don't want to dwell on the problems at Forest Green because you just wonder what's going on there. There's so many hopes for him last year and this year, although none of none of us tipped them, um, and they just seem to be falling by the wayside a little bit again. Yeah, I I was it was between Wrexham and Forest Green for me, but yeah, I went I went with I went with the uh, with Wrexham in the end. So we'll we'll jump down to Haventon Waterlooville, who've done a double as far as the player and the manager of the month are concerned, as they have won both in the Conference South, uh, with uh, Lee Bradbury uh, winning the manager of the month. Uh, they won every game in September without conceding a goal. So why isn't the pl- a goalkeeper the uh, player of the month? Uh, that's the, the you might not have had any saves to make. <laughs> mm. six, six clean sheets in a row. You can't uh, really say too much about that. It's, it's worthy winner, that one. Uh, no, he has. Yeah, Ryan Young. Yeah, he, he's yeah. a goalkeeper. Yeah, he's, a, he's the winner of the player of the month. I hadn't actually got that far down the. <laughs> yeah, but yes, yeah, yeah, you can't argue with that, can you? I mean, again, a good run of form that's put them on top of the table, and and yeah, they're not they're not conceding many goals, are they? They're not scoring many. To be fair to them, they you know, nineteen goals scored in eleven games. Mm. You know, you need a tight defence if you if you're not scoring mm. that many, because you know it's mm. it's not an awful lot to be top of the league with nineteen goals. To be fair, but. You know, they're churning the results out, aren't they? So, well, it should be said that Basingstoke are level with them and are only behind them on goal difference. It you know, should just <laughs> make that clear as well. 10 conceded, so yeah. very, very tight. Mm. Well, the curious thing about Ryan Young is the fact that he was actually with AFC Telford when they, when they won the Conference North last season. So that would be one uh, one great story if he was able to take Hamilton Waterlooville and win a conference, yeah. conference South title back to back seasons. It sounds like he's a bit of a, a bit of a lightning strike for a bit of success, to be honest. <laughs> he's, he's the conductor. So yeah, yeah but it's you know, I mean it's great performances by both Lee Bradbury and Ryan Young. But then again, the keeper's only as good as the, um, the four in front of him or five, or three, however many you want. So really, I hope he's going to uh, remember his defenders and <laughs> at least treat them to a little something for all the hard work they've done. Because the keeper, yeah, he deserves it on that, but he couldn't do it on his own. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Just um, in terms of our predictions... Um, you score a couple of goals, they're always worthy of doing it on their own. <laughs> I'm in the goalkeeper's union. 
Yeah, me too. Me too. But, yeah, in terms of our predictions in the south, uh, haven't actually beat your your team, Kristen, on the weekend. Uh, you you picked Boreham Wood, myself and Rob. We had Bromley. Um, Bromley are currently fifth, and Boreham Wood are just ahead of them in third at the minute. So actually, almost look like we know what we're talking about in that division. <laughs> Almost, <laughs> Well, I'm just trying to th- think because I believe that um, there is a match in progress as we record this on Monday night. There's a few matches. There's three matches. Having some Waterlooville are in action at Wildston. Uh, but the team just mentioned Boreham Wood are 1-0 up at half-time against uh, St Albans. Uh, I haven't I haven't seen the half-time. Uh, Wheelstone are winning 1-0 against having at Waterlooville at the moment, at half-time. Uh, there we go, we've broken their duck for them. It'd be nice to see Wheelstone get something because they've had a wretched start to the to the season back in the Conference South. Um, and if they can get some points tonight, uh, it might just get them going again. Yeah, yeah. Second bottom at the moment. If they win, it's very tight down the bottom. Uh, they could go 16th in theory. Mm. Um, well, actually, they could go 15th if uh, they get a couple of goals. Uh, so it is an interesting result for them, if uh, especially if it stays where it is, because you really take the edge off the uh, party celebrations at Havington Waterlooville. <laughs> Um, losing to second bottom. Yeah, and Wilson haven't won at home yet either. They've had a had a bit of a wretched time there. Only scored three goals in in five games, lost four of them, letting twelve at, at home. And it's I've always thought that was a you know that was a bit of a fortress. You, they get big crowds, and it's a it's a very hostile atmosphere for the for the away team in in a good way. You know, it's very vocal, very loud, quite intimidating. I would you know certainly at, at step uh, you know at step three. When we when we went, I always found it a very, a very very good partisan crowd there, and mm. uh, they really need to get those fans on side and get some points on the board at home. Indeed. Mm. Well, well, we'll jump up to the north, and our predictions aren't too bad, uh, but manager of the month for September understandably, um, after watching a few games and finding out what's going on, uh, Dave Chalner of AFC Fylde is the uh, winner with a six-game win streak in the league and four wins in September, but they've also um, played pretty well in the FA Cup and they're currently sitting top, having scored 29 goals in 11 games and only conceded seven. They've just been scoring for fun. Some of the numbers they've been racking up, like an 8-1 victory, is just uh, phenomenal. And they've got a new stadium in the pipework and everything as well. So at the moment, things are good, and they've got on the, they're on the bounce because they came up last year through the playoffs from uh, the Egoistic Premier. So they're really on the, uh, on the up, although it's a long way to go for anybody. Yeah, Dave Chalner was, um, he took over nearly three years ago, November 2011, I remember, because it was one of the first little stories I put on, on under the league when I, when I first launched uh, launched the site three years ago. So I've kind of kept kept tabs on him. It's good because um, being a lower league football fan as well with Huddersfield, I always remember Dave Chalner and his, his long throw-ins at Tranmere's FA Cup run. I don't know if you remember 
when John Aldridge was in charge at Tranmere, it was always Challenger's long throws that caused problems in the defence. So names always stuck with me. For, I'm delighted to see him doing so well. The winner of the uh, Player of the Month is uh, Adam Boys, the uh, player at Geisley. He scored some pivotal goals this, well, last month as it is now, uh, against a very tough opposition. And it, I think he's really helped steady Geisley because they had a lot of people liked Geisley and tipping them to go up, um, though not interestingly one of us. Um, but. Uh, Looking at uh, Geisley, they're always a very tough place to go. They only just lost out in extra time last year to go up. So Adam Boys has helped steady them, and they've started to move back up. And uh, the, the panel who pick it have said that he's played a very pivotal role there. And they're sitting in six at the moment, so just outside the playoff spots, but uh, only one point back. Yeah, um, as you said, none of us... None of us picked them. Um, Barrow with the uh, with mine and Kristen's pick, and Rob picked Boston. Um, Boston are currently seventh, but only a point back on Geisley. And the Barrow are doing really well. They're currently uh, currently second, just a couple of points off for Challenger's Field. Um, especially doing well at home with six wins out of six. So again, it's looking uh, looking like all our picks could be uh, could be at the right end of the table come the end of the season. Well, maybe maybe not Boston. We'll, we'll... <laughs> you, you, you hope, Kristen, you hope. <laughs> I'm, no, I'm no. about to put, put together the programme. Uh, they come to visit uh, us on the 25th. Um, so I've got to put together the programme, and it's not very nice reading from a Gainsborough Trinity perspective in the 84 games we've played them in the league. I think they've scored an absolute ton of goals. I think it's 147 or something in those 84 games. And uh, they've got quite a better goal difference than we have. But uh, it's one of the joys of doing the programme. <laughs> <laughs> that's it for the uh, for the managers, uh, as far as that's concerned. But we also do have some other predictions which are going astray. Uh, I think we'll start down there in your guys' division where Rob, I think he's sitting pretty at the moment because uh, he chose Maidstone and it uh, looks like you're being proven correct, Rob. Mm. Well, given from what I'd seen of Maidstone last season and now this season, it does look like that if they're not top of the of the Roman Premier League come April, something's gone seriously wrong. Um, I mean... The, if anything, I think they've picked up those sides from last season, and um, it's it's going to take a good team to stop them. Yeah, it's between them and Margate, isn't it? I mm. think you can already see, looking at the table, that they, mm. you know, they're just starting to to pull away a little bit, and it, I think it's going to be uh, like we saw in the conference, um, the conference north or the NPL Prem uh, a couple of years ago when we had Hensford and. And North Ferriby, didn't we? In the, you know, both getting over a hundred points. I think, I think we're going to see something very similar there. I think those two are going to, you know, they're going to run away with it, and it'll just be down to the two of them. Um, my my pick of Peacehaven and Telscombe, which was more for the name than any knowledge I actually had, uh, are sitting in twelfth uh, on nineteen points. Actually, level on 
points, although they've played four games more, then uh, your pick of Kingstonian, which uh, local rivals down there for you, seem to be struggling a bit this season, 20 points off the pace. Yeah, but as you say, you know they do have a few a few games in hand. I mean, you know, I will just be clear here: if I'm completely wrong and they end up going down, I wouldn't at all be disappointed. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's a bit of a false position for them in terms of the fact that you know they are so many games adrift of of everyone else. You know, they could be comfortably in the playoffs if they pick up points there. Um, you know, so just have to uh, withhold judgment on that one a little bit. But yeah, some. It's not going particularly well for Kingstone. Maybe, maybe that's because we've got their manager. Just thinking that uh, I won't go through every prediction we did. So if we just jump down there to the Southern Prem, because uh, they don't appear to man- mention their manager of the month or anything, despite the fact that we're into October. Uh, can't find anything what's going on down there, really. Um but uh, if we just take a look at the table there of the uh, Southern Prem, and I think it just proves how little we all know. Because <laughs> 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 uh, Cambridge City, who are, I think both of you chose them, didn't you? Yep. And they're sitting in 11th. And I chose uh, Chippenham. Um, and they're sitting in 12th. So... We've got about the same sort of level of knowledge uh, as they're on level on points, and it's only goal difference that is separating them. Um, with uh, Paul Town uh, looking like they're opening up a little bit of a gap over Dunstable, uh, they're played ele- played eleven, got thirty one, uh, but Dunstable have played twelve, but have got twenty seven. So they've got five, four points at the minute. Potentially, uh, what, seven points they could be clear at the top. And uh, it's an interesting one. One thing that's standing out to me is uh, sitting down there in 24th is Histon, who uh, only came down last year. Uh, was it last year? From Yes, from I think it was. Conference North. So it seems that uh, they've got a lot of structure, got a lot of youth players there, but uh, not seem to be able to make it this week or this year. Mm. It's just another one of those that I think we've seen in the a couple of divisions where you drop down and you can't really keep everything together, as it were, and it you really struggle and look like you're going for a double drop, which potentially would be uh, something that Histon could be doing by uh, their positions they are at the moment. Yeah, possibly. Um, as you say... <laughs> Once you get into that losing mentality, it can be it can be hard to break that. I mean, we see it all the time, though, with clubs coming down, you know, from whatever level, whatever division they come down from. Very often they, they struggle again just because you know they they've got that grey cloud hanging over them and they're used to losing, and it it, it can be a, can be a very difficult habit to break. It is. It's always uh, something that you. You've got to watch out for, and there seems to be a lot more of, uh, say, the clubs who can't seem to break it and struggle. And is that what happens when they drop down? They get nestling into that area rather than being where they need to be. But as far as I'm aware, they haven't started talking about managerial changes. But uh, as per usual, especially now we're into September, uh, a lot of other clubs already have. 
Hi, oh, it's the manager's office. Ben. Well, yeah, that's me. You're fired. So we're going to start up there at Southport uh, with Martin Foyle parting ways. And uh, I think, Rob, you spotted somebody has been appointed there today. Yes, um, the Southport board have basically brought back um, manager who was there for a couple of months in 2008, Gary Brabin. Um, Name familiar to me from his... His exploits uh, during the late 90s at a certain club playing on the banks of the Humber, <laughs> where he made 95 Pardon? Pardon? Nah, not uh, well. <laughs> <laughs> but, but by the end of it, that was about where he probably belonged. But um, yeah, um, Gary Babin made 90 odd appearances for Hull City at the late end of the um, 1990s. And then in 2008, Southport appointed him till the end of the season. He played. You know, seven games and five wins, so he obviously had something about him. And they've just asked him to return. And um, he's he's a manager that looks as if he could do better than what he is. Um, so, you know, he, over the course of his managerial career, which isn't very long, uh, he's been with Cambridge and he was also at Luton as well, um, he wins approximately half his games, so it isn't too bad. Uh, so... It's an interesting decision by Southport. They, they could I mean they know what the man's like. Um, they know what he's capable of, and obviously they think that he's going to do a, a better job than Martin Foyle. Um, they're not in a great position at Southport at the minute, and they're going to need, you know, someone like Brabin in there to, you know, pick them up and point them in the right direction. Gets the players behind him. It could be it could be the turning point for Southport season. Yeah, it's four to go down, everyone needs to remember, from the conference. Uh, and they're sitting in the fourth spot, uh, the 21st place. Uh, well, they've got uh, three wins, uh, two draws and nine losses from their opening 14 games. So not pretty reading. Conceded 25 goals and uh, only scored 11. Um, although that's the best goal difference around them, uh, or below them, uh, they should be. I think they'll be worried because they finished quite low down. Yes, uh, last year as well, if I recall. So, it's, I think they've given uh, Martin Fall a fair crack of the whip there. And as you say, with uh, Gary Brabin, he was there in 2008. Uh, went to Cambridge United, Luton Town, and uh, he's not been doing anything else for the last season, as far as the book of knowledge Wikipedia says. Uh, but uh, as you say, your beloved Hull City, 95 appearances, nine goals, and uh, played 14 go- 14 games in 2006 for uh, Southport. So we've got some more strange things uh, going on down in your Ryman League where managers haven't been sacked as such, uh, but... Uh, he stood down, uh, Paul Vaughan has stood down as manager of Tilbury to go into the boardroom and uh, as director of football. And uh, so they've generated a, a gap there. Now, is it, what's, what's your opinion of uh, clubs at our level and below having a director of football? I'm, I'm, I'm never sure about it because it seems an unnecessary, not necessary expense because he may not be charging for his services, but is it an unnecessary administrative thing that we need? Um, 
I suppose it can be viewed, uh, you know, one of one of a few ways, really. If if Paul Vaughan only has to um, worry about getting players in and and moving players on, if that's his concern, then that gives um, gives a new management team uh, just you know responsibility for coaching. Of course, the problem would be I don't know how it. You know, I'm I'm not a massive fan of the of this arrangement at at the top level of the game. So I, yeah, it, it, it's a it is a strange one. Um, should just say the um, the new management partnership will be Gary Henty, who currently plays for for, for Tilbury, and uh, former Tilbury stalwart Danny Smith. Um, Henty is, as I say, the current player. He's played more than 100 games, whereas. Uh, Smith played more than 150, so they know the club. They they're well, obviously well known, well respected, um, and we'll also have an assistant manager in George Young, who's also played for for the club before. So they they've got a. It seems like in the in the three of them there on the in the dugout, they've got people who know the club through and through, um, and presumably because of that, we'll have a good knowledge of of players at that level. So. They might not. They might not need to worry about going out and signing them if they can just coach coach the team they've got and worry about Saturday and Tuesday and the games. Then it, it could work out well. And they they all, you know, they, they, it all seems like it's quite a close knit arrangement. Um, they all look like they know each other and know the club. So it's not a case of it's it's someone brought in and then someone brought in above them. And you know, it it, it looks like it. It's a, a very a very good arrangement for the club. Also, possibly looks like it's a way of getting all four of them <laughs> a, a, a good job at the club. But you know, mm. I think at this level, I think that one on paper to me looks like it, it could it could work out pretty well. Yeah, I'm just always uh, unsure as to, like you say, with having the coaching, the directors of football, or who are effectively doing the buying and selling and I think it, a lot of chairmen at our level think that's what their role is to do the buying and selling of the players rather than uh, allowing the manager to go on but uh, that's a, another another day uh, the topic there we can move down to Maldon and Tiptree where Alan Kimball the former Wimbledon and Cambridge United defender has been uh, unveiled as their new manager I think one of his first games in charge is to uh, take on his brother um, as they travel to Witham Town in the Robert Dyer's Cup. Uh, yes, I mean that's going to be an interesting one because now, because I mean that's going to actually I think tomorrow night because um, this story broke this time last week, um, and that I would think that could be very feisty, you know, in and around the dugout. Um, I don't think Alan will particularly want to uh, take second best to his brother. Uh, his twin brother, <laughs> apparently. So it's going to be a case of, you know, you're just going to have to look twice to see which dugout is which. So, but you know, somebody has to take over from Terry Spillan, and uh, he's got he's got a challenge, um, and I'm sure he's up for it. But um, yes, tomorrow night uh, it could be an interesting game in the cup. <laughs> Nothing like a bit of sibling rivalry to uh, get everything going and get mm. all the fans in, just to see what happens between them. Mm. I'm going to try and I'm conscious of uh, the time, so I'm going to try and crank us up a little bit.
as we look at Matlock Town and uh, Mark Atkins has resigned after six years in charge. So yeah, it's a bit of a... I know they've not been having the greatest of seasons, but it still surprises me because it always seems to be uh, a stalwart there. And it's been announced tonight that uh, there's going to be Sheffield and Alperton manager Dave Rushbury and first team coach uh, Martin Foster. And they are caretaker control of the town. And following uh, uh, Mark Atkins' departure, it's, uh, it's understandable he's gone. They've not had the best of seasons, uh, so it was potentially mm. inevitable. But he also sees uh, a big change there as the, the Chesterfield team are coming in. And uh, it was the 4 0 home defeat uh, against Hales Owen who I think, memory serves, uh, managed to get some another manager a couple of weeks ago, relieved of his duties. So it's obviously something that happens with Hells Owen as they're going around. Uh, but uh, looking at Wilton Albion, uh, we've mentioned them a couple of times uh, because they had somebody come in, go out, come in. And uh, we're looking at Tony Sullivan as uh, making a return as he's the new manager. He's the successor to Anthony Sheehan, who resigned last week after only five games. So, what's this? The third mention of uh, Witten Albion in uh, this season already. Yeah, this this is a good appointment for me. I think he's, um, you know, he's done a good job at at Camel Laird uh, in four years, and it, it's good to see to see a club giving him a chance to to step up. Um, I think, if I'm right, he was in the he was in the league with uh, with Camelard and got relegated with him, didn't they? Or did they pull out? I think, did they resign from the league? I think was, you know. I think they've had some problems on the Camelard, and yeah. so it's good. It's good to see him getting the opportunity to go back in there with you know with a with a club like Witten that you know in in all fairness should probably be further up the table than they are. So you know, I mean, where are they now? Seventeenth. You know, only a couple of points above above the playoffs, but. Um, you know, as it's still early days, they're only a couple of wins away from from a playoff spot. So they, it, it's it's a you know we we spoke before, didn't we? The five games is uh, mm. is not not no amount of time to um to judge a manager, you know, Anthony Sheehan. But I, I think if we mentioned that five of those, I think were, were uh, three of those five were like five nil defeats. I think weren't they? We yeah, talked yeah. about it last week. So. Um, so yeah, I think it's a, it's a, it's a good appointment. Unfortunately, they did lose at Kings Lynn on on the weekend, so it's it's still you know it's not it's not brought the new manager bounce, but I'm sure once he gets working with them, he'll be uh, he'll be he'll prove to be a very very good appointment for them. I think. Now, I think it was just you, James, who found this one. There's strange goings-on at St. Neots. They are sitting third in the uh, Southern Prem. Um, 25 points, so they're, what, six points off the pace of Paul. But really strange reasons, or no reason, has been given for the duo of Zamba and uh, Nathan Abbey from being relieved of their duties and yeah. taking over yeah it's a, it's a strange one and as I said this kind of caught my eye more because of the chairman's comments uh, Mike Cairns he says 
I've come to this decision regardless of our decent playing record this season. I've been very uncomfortable with certain aspects of the first team management and I believe that a change had to be made. Um, now, you know, he doesn't need to be coming out with things like that, does he? You know, I mean, if you you want to change your mind, if you're your chairman of the club, then you, then you do it, you know. For me, coming out and saying things like that just doesn't help the situation because people are now going to want to know what, what aspects he was unhappy with or what was going, you know, what was happening. I mean, and if he's going to come as far as to say that, then, you know, I've, I'm of the opinion that he should actually tell us what the, the problems were because mm-hmm. why, why come out and, with such a statement? It's ill-advised, to say the least. I, you know, I just, mm. the, he, he just had no no need to no need to say that, you know, he just made a decision and get on with it. I don't, I just don't see why he needs to say that and prove it to go on, on the websites. It's just bizarre. It's very strange. Um, I mean, it's going to. I mean, he just raises more more questions and then gives answers. You know, it's going to make a lot of the lot of the supporters there and also the wider football world, you know, start you know, start wondering, start almost fabricating possible reasons. Yeah, you know, to be honest, Mike Cairns would have just done be better just to say, you know, the first sentence I've come to this decision regardless of our decent playing record this season, but I believed a change had to be made. He didn't have to do that, you know, that that the middle part of that sentence. Um, although saying that, that would probably have even made it worse because then it would have been a case of, well, why? You know, in a case of it would have just set the cat among the pigeons, whatever he would do, have done. So this is this is strange. Yeah. It'll probably come out in the end, but whether we'll ever find out properly, I don't know. And it'll just make everybody speculate as to what actually um, Cairns was getting rather uncomfortable about. Yeah, could be. You know, it's, 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 we're not going to get the answers yet, but it will come out eventually. Well, the thing that I, I look at that, and once again, it goes back to what I was saying a couple of seconds ago about directors of football. And well, where's uh, I don't know, obviously, Mike Cairns, and he may have UEFA B and all the other coaching badges. Mm. Um, but if he doesn't, okay, why? Mm. <laughs> what footballing basis does he doesn't like the training methods? Well, I don't, I don't know what it is. I mean, he's, I mean, they do have a manager in there in terms of Gary King. But it may have been a personal thing, which is always possible. Um, it could have been could have been some kind of friction between the um, joint manager role. It didn't necessarily work too well. As I said, it could be could be absolutely anything. Could be personal level, could have been a professional level. Who's to know? Nope. Not us. That is definitely going to be the thing. And uh, so as I promised to keep us uh, motoring along, um, very much uh, thank you to Libby for doing her usual this weekend. As uh, we're going to move on. And about now, it's time for Patrick Watch. Now... I think what we're finding again this week is that there are tons of goals, but very few hat-tricks. Um, 
We're going to start up in the conference premiere because uh, we haven't had very sorry the conference we haven't had very many hat tricks only four this season and uh, Scott Rendell actually has got two of them now I know this is one of our picks as we're going to go for a player of the week this is his second hat trick this season as they beat stop as Woking beat Stockport five uh, two away he grabbed a couple of goals in the last uh, ten minutes to round it off. Um, but uh, he's not the only person, um, Scott Rendell, who has got a hat-trick this week in the conference, and he's also not the only person who's got two hat-tricks uh, this season. With the, the Conference South, uh, Gosport Borough's Justin Bennett has grabbed his second hat-trick of the season as they beat Hemel Hempstead uh, 4-0 uh, at Gosport. But I'm still not certain whether... Two um, hat tricks in the season are going to make you play of the week. I don't know what uh, you two think about this. Mm. It's a tricky one. <sighs> I mean, if, if you. If, I'm looking at um, somebody who's got a cool name <laughs> <laughs> in the Southern Prem, uh, Nicky Kabamba. He grabbed. All five goals for Burnham as they beat Biddeford 5-1 at home uh, at uh, Burnham, but they grabbed a hat-trick in six minutes. That takes some doing, and you know, you could be, could effectively say that game was pretty much over with ten minutes of the game played. You know, it's uh, I mean to score you know hat-trick in the fourth and then the sixth and then the tenth minute. You know, most strikers would say their days are done. They didn't need to do much more, but he wasn't satisfied with that. He popped away one under 38 and one in the second half on 50 minutes. He was very, you know, he'd be very well entitled to, you know, after the game, you know, I think he's had a really good day. So, yeah, that's a, that's a, it's a great thing to be doing, to kill a game as quickly as that. Takes some doing. Yeah, so James, what do you think? Because I know uh, you were thinking one of the uh, extra hat-trick guys. Uh, yeah, no, I think, um, to be fair, I'm happy to be overruled on that. I think uh, a six-minute hat-trick and getting all five, I think, uh, you know, I think it's a no-brainer, really, that we have to go for, for Mr. Kabamba there mm. as, uh, as player of the week this week. And actually, just looking at the Southern the Southern Prem here in our, in our little hat-trick watch uh, spreadsheet that we've got going on, I'm actually thinking that uh, we might have to have a change in the team of the week as well. It's, uh, at the moment. I'll allow you to elaborate on that because I was just trying to think. I think. Oh, no, I'm getting confused. That's okay. I'm, I'm moving on to uh, somebody else. Let <laughs> me carry on. Yeah, no, so. Um, I was going to pick Altrincham for winning 3-1 at the Shea against uh, High Flying Halifax. Uh, Halifax have been dumb. Sorry? Which is a feat in itself. Yeah, well, Halifax, have, it's only the, uh, the their second home defeat since uh, April 2013. And ironically, it was it was Alty that, that beat them then as well. Um, but just looking at our little hat-trick watch document, um, I see that Siren Sester Town had a, had a couple of good wins this week. And... A couple of hat tricks as well. So now I'm in a bit of a <laughs> I'm in a bit of a quandary as to are they are they a bit more deserving of it? I don't know. Open open to comment on that one. 
Well, if we just go through what happened at Sirencester, they had a home win, uh, 6-1 against uh, Dorchester Town, where Nat Jarvis grabbed four goals of that uh, six, and uh, he's a full international for Antigua and Barbuda, and it uh, was on loan there, but uh, made a permanent switch from Gloucester, uh, having started his career at Cardiff. And then to go a little bit circa, a bit crazy for Siren says, so they grabbed their second hat-trick. Um, they beat Cambridge 3-1 away uh, at Cambridge, and this time it was Aidan Bennett who scored the three goals. And uh, so it's interesting uh, for them. They did have a very good week. And so... I'm a bit torn as well, so I think this cool one could be up to Rob. <laughs> mm. He sees Ulti being the only team who seems to be able to beat Halifax at the Shea, oh. or Sirencester grabbing a couple of hat-tricks, oh, yeah. a couple of good wins, uh, considering that Sirencester mm. are sitting in 10th, one place above Cambridge, and um, eight places above Dorchester. So... It's a, an interesting one. Uh, what are you going to make, Rob? Oh dear, no, it's, 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 it's not the first time in the last seven days I've been put on the spot in this kind of uh, situation. Um, so, mm, I mean, to get six, six virtues Dorchester at home and then to go to Cambridge and get three, I mean, that's a feat. And, um, you know, Halifax don't really like Goldingham. I can see, you can see that. Um, <laughs> I mean, in the way... Both teams deserve something. <laughs> Do you ever get the feeling I'm trying to pull the splinters out of me? Um, mm. uh, yeah, so you're you a politician, Rob. <laughs> oh, to be honest, sometimes you need to be in our position, James. Sometimes you need to be. Um, I think on the basis of the fact that it's a better performance, I would think I would go with Sirencester because, you know, to, to rack up nine goals in a week... Um, the only way they could have made it any better would be the two two clean sheets to go with it. So I think I'll go with Simon System, I think. Good choice, good choice. It's nothing against Altrincham, nothing at all against them at all. Just that I think, given their position in the Southern Premier, that that's in a, a little bit better of a performance, a little more meaningful. I... I think in the scheme of things, you're probably right because it's moved them up the table, um, whereas it's cemented Alti's still very close to the relegation zone in the conference. Mm. Uh, but uh, they're full of stories from uh, the Southern Prem this week because our next hat trick is in the Southern Prem again, and it ties together everything we've been talking about. We've been talking about uh, our player of the week, uh, Nicky Kabamba, grabbing five goals on Tuesday night last week. Um, he was suspended. No, it was Nat Jarvis who was suspended for uh, Siren Sester. Um, but uh, Nicky Kabamba was sus- on the end, or his team, Burnham, were on the end of a hat-trick uh, of Drew Roberts from St. Neots. Now, I don't know if you just want to quickly go to the St. Neots website. It's got one of the most professional-looking websites of football club. Uh, that I've seen, even uh, at any level in this country. Because, as we do, I've got to have a quick look, see if I can find anything interesting. Now, Drew Roberts is... uh, 
He scored 222 goals in 371 games up to the start of last season, including 100. And, I think in the 102, he scored 102 goals over the last three seasons. But uh, that's the first part of it, which is just okay. That's pretty good. Uh, but if you go in and you click on the player profiles. They actually have a little video of every single one of their players. As uh, you go in, you go and find information about them, and I just think that looks so professional. It must, but it must involve a massive amount of work and a really dedicated team to put up something like this. And uh, a lot of clubs will just be happy to mm, get something that looks half decent, but obviously the obviously the guys that um. Uh, the guys at St. Neots obviously like to put things, you know, really out in front. And, uh, you know, you could look at this and think they were a club a lot further up the pyramid than, than what they actually are. Um, not, a bad, not a bad shot window for the players, is that? Because, uh, you know, if you can put, if the club you know, does little things like this, you get a better feel for actually what the club's about. And... Um, Okay, they've been in the news for some of the stranger reasons this week, but yeah, Drew Roberts hasn't done bad, and with a with a career like he's had, yeah, I'm thinking about you know what's that a goal, but goal about two every game and a half, something along those along those lines. Not many he, strikers get to do that. Good return, I thought. Very, very, very good return. Yeah, I couldn't uh, uh, I couldn't believe it when I was looking at that. What is going? Oops, sorry. <laughs> and it's got some funky music on that website as well. Yeah, you'll have, you'll have Bono after you for, for uh, royalties. Uh. <laughs> well, I, I think I think uh, maybe St. Nears will have uh, him uh, after them and stuff. So yeah, he's got ten goals uh, this season mm. uh, already. So it's not not a bad return. He does seem a, a very tidy little player down there. Um, it's not quite the end, but. Uh, almost the end of uh, the hat-trick watch, where we've got Steve Carvel at Barkingside. He grabs a hat-trick uh, for Barkingside, at home, well, away, sorry, to Soham Town, uh, where they lost Soham Town 5-1, um, and uh, Steve grabbed three of those goals. His hat-trick was only in, what does that work out? Was 12 minutes, minutes. 12 yeah. minutes. Impressive. Yeah. Still twice as long as... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> it's Mr. Kabamba's there. Yeah, a bit slow. Well, we need to we need to take a, the jury's out on that one because it, it took him forty minutes to get his second to get. If you take for the ten to the fifty, that's forty minutes. So, mm-hmm. but it was I say lots to talk about in the goals that did go in, but um, not very many of them grabbed a hat trick. No. As I uh, think we've gone through everything that we've found. If you do notice and do spot any that we've missed which I almost did, and it's quite a big club as well, at Darlington, uh, in the Evo Stick North, uh, with Armar Perwell. Uh, he grabbed a hat-trick. Now, I couldn't find any times, but he has scored 50 goals for the club now, as they beat Harrogate Railway 7-1 um, last Wednesday, although they had a bit of a shock because Harrogate scored first, and uh, I think that shocked the life out of them. Because uh, they expect to win the game, which they did in the end. I believe. Um, sorry, Chris. Aren't Darlington, aren't they your pick in the predictions as well? I think. I believe they probably are. 
Yes, not uh, not a bad shout. It's only because I'm purely selfish thinking if they can win the next two divisions, they always got good crowds. Uh, <laughs> I've, I've been taught well by my uh, club. Uh, they're actually sitting second behind Salford at the moment, uh, four points behind, but they've played two games extra. Yeah. Uh, we have got another one in the Evo Stick Prem with uh, Robert Dale um, from Blythe Spartans. A cracking match on Saturday uh, against Belper Town, and uh, he grabbed a hat-trick uh, to mean that Blythe beat Belper at Belper 4-3. Um, so... Every goal counts, and it's a really good result for him, and uh, overall for Blythe as well. So if you do spot a hat-trick, or you've got any goals, or any funny stories, or anything you want to tell us, you can always tweet the show, at Pod, or uh, if you want to tweet Libby directly, at Libster Clark. She puts this together for us, and uh, she's always helpful, and always thankful for any help that anybody else can give her. And uh, I think we're back to... Uh, this week, James, you've got an and finally for us. And finally, the part of the show where we take a look at the lighter side of non-league. Send any suggestions in to at non-league pod or at under the league on Twitter. Let's see what we've got this week. Over to you, James. <laughs> yeah, this one's um, a bit self-indulgent because it does involve uh, it does involve Hampton. Um, I was just I was uh, I was just browsing the sites and uh, just happened to come across this. Uh, our manager Alan Dowson, he was um, running at the weekend in a in a half marathon um, for the Anthony Nolan Bone Marrow Charity, uh, which fantastic cause. I, I haven't heard how how he did in terms of his time yet. I don't know if you have or not, Rob. But, um, not yet, no, no, I haven't. It was more for his uh, his little tongue in cheek comments on the. Uh, on the Rhyme League website about his, his his preparation for the for this half marathon. Um, basically, uh, he's quoted as saying, "My preparation has been getting better and better. I'm improving all the time. Last Saturday night, I only had five pints, and this weekend, my training will intensify. This Saturday, I'll be down to three jars. My preparation for the half marathon is inch perfect." <laughs> so, typical uh, typical of the man, I think. From uh, I've only I only met him once last uh, last week, but he seems like a thoroughly nice bloke, and that seems to be exactly the sort of uh, sort of bloke he is. He's very very jovial, and um, yeah, I think uh, I think he, he's uh, he's going to be great for the club. And I just it did tickle me when I did uh, read that little uh, that little paragraph. And you know, typical uh, typical Geordie, I would say there is um, he's 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 uh, Always good for a good for a bit of comment, I think. <laughs> That's when you can understand the way he's said it. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's he's got a very strong accent. A very strong accent. I know he's been down in down in London for at least ten years, but it sounds as if he left Gateshead yesterday. <laughs> yeah, he's he's good. Um, but yeah, while we while we're just on the uh, subject of Hampton, we might, we might as well have a have a little uh, self indulgent plug. Um, it's international break. Uh, it's not an official non-league day, but down at Hampton, we're doing a pay what you want on uh, this coming Saturday in our game with friend of the show, VCD Athletic. Um, massive game down at the wrong end of the table for both clubs. But we're doing a pay what you want where, you, you know, anyone that does pay the, the normal £10 will get either some free chips or a free beer. So it's, uh, it seems to be doing quite well on the social media. There's a lot of retweets and favourites and, and mentions of it. So we're hoping that might just reflect in a, in a few extra souls through the gates and hopefully uh, see us back to winning ways after a couple of disappointing defeats. 
Yeah, you've 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 led me into uh, the ending. I was going to uh, nudge you to uh, remind you to say that because uh, <laughs> we're in FA Cup action, so we're not allowed to do any offers uh, because it would be seen that we're disenfranchising and removing revenue from our opposition at Marine, who are not one of our favourite teams to play. Uh, according to our club historian, I think we never seem to win, and they're always nil-nils, one-nils, or two-nils, and stuff like that. Uh, the only good thing, we're at home, and they haven't scored for seven games uh, at uh, our place. So, uh, the good thing... Um, where can we find you on the uh, internet, Rob? You got away with it last week because uh, we were in a rush to get things finished. <laughs> but we will get out on Twitter mm. handle. Up. Yes, uh, I'm still out there on Twitter. I was reviewing it today and I've reached nearly 8,000, so I must have wasted my time too much in recently. Um, at Vapid Robo, as always, forgetting to blog these days, I'm just too busy enjoying myself being the Hampton Press Officer. And James, are we going to get an update anytime soon to Under the League? <laughs> I do keep meaning to uh, to do something on there, but it's just, you know, as soon as I do that, I end up falling asleep in front of the TV or something. So I will I will endeavour to to uh, re-energise the site at some point. I'm even tempted to, um, to change the layout a little bit, possibly. It's, uh, I haven't changed it in three years. But, yep, it's underdeleague.com um, to read all the old stuff or uh, on Twitter and Facebook it's under the league and it's been uh, it's been great again so thanks for listening to me waffle <laughs> everybody will yeah. say I must be working you too hard James <laughs> it's been great talking to you guys if you enjoy listening to the show please leave uh, a review on iTunes uh, and just tell your friends about us it's available at nonleadpodcast.co.uk it goes back to the year dot um and uh, whatever you've been doing, I, I just thank you for listening. <sighs> I need to remember to click the end button before I...